Hello, my name is Liam Doherty. I'm a senior partner with Stratus Consulting, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the latest episode of the Stratus Insights podcast series. Stratus Consulting is a partner-led consultancy comprising the most experienced team of employment relations and industrial relations practitioners in Ireland. Each partner has over 30 years' experience in supporting, guiding, and advising employers on strategic EOR projects. Stratus operates a leadership team, chief executive, and board levels to support organizations who want to lead and drive change, particularly where there's a strategic employment relations dimension. Given the importance of this topic, I'm delighted to be joined by Brendan McGinty, managing partner, Stratus Consulting, and Kevin Duffy, former chairman of the Labour Court. In the fourth and final episode covering Are We Heading Towards Some Form of Mandatory Union Recognition in Ireland? We look at whether the review may focus unduly on the collective bargaining issue and miss the potential for more significant industrial relations reform. So if we if we look at the you know the conversation over the last um, period has been you know I'm talking about this conversation we've 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 looked at the collective bargaining issue the recognition issue and you know I'm thinking of the review itself and you know g- g- given that there is you know an intense interest around collective bargaining and, and recognition I, I'm just wondering you know could the review itself miss the opportunity to uh, look at other more significant IOR of forms that are required, um, you know, is 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 that a potential um, concern, Brennan? Well, I suppose this is part. I think. Of, well, my view is that look, it has to be part of the mix if this is to be balanced, um, because you know, never mind the some of the core issues we've been talking about here around this kind of let's call it broadly based collective bargaining principle and what that should look like in a modern economy uh, from from here on. Whatever that ends up looking like, it has to sit within a system. Um, And it has to sit within the dispute resolution system. And of course, it also has to sit then within the regulatory framework governing, for example, trade disputes and the like. And um, Kevin has talked about some of the obvious areas of concern around coverage and particularly maybe amongst maybe some smaller employers or sectors, you know, where there have been issues about maybe how people have been treated or whatever, uh, or the, 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 the kind of alleged fairness of terms and conditions and all of that. But the difficulty is with each reform, there can be unintended consequences. And the kind of people we're talking about in terms of, you know, the conversations I've had with CEOs and so on, they're not in those sorts of organisations. And, you know, if I think back to some of the issues, you know, despite everybody's best efforts, there were some of the better FDI organisations caught up in cases, for example, that were prosecuted under the Amendment Act. Uh, and, And like any infrastructure, Uh, including around, uh, let's say, the so-called right to bargain uh, legislation. Once it's there, you know, both parties, whoever they may be, uh, are free to use it to their own advantage, uh, uh, tactically or politically or or, or whatever. And and that that's their right. Um, And I think that's that's a key issue in terms of that whole issue of collateral collateral impact or collateral damage. But what I would like to see 
And, and it'll be interesting to see how far the review group are prepared to go in this space of looking at some of the bigger ticket issues that we know to be out there for too long that have bede- that continue, in my view at least, in a way to bedevil the system. And I suppose what, what, what we can't have, in my view, is a level of increasing compulsion on one side of the equation here, on uh, whether it's em- em- employers in particular in the private sector, and simply having that then bolted on to the existing unchanged so-called voluntary system, right? So um, what are the sort of things that would be foremost in my mind? You know, we know we need to update the rules about balloting, the whole piece around, uh, indeed around around the conduct of industrial action, you know, how picketing rules, you know, we still have, you know, notice of industrial action is, is, is legally still only seven days, as we know, under the legislation. Most agreements, 14 days, we know that. There are lots, of, there's a whole list of issues that need to be uh, updated. I would even argue that there should be a higher higher ballot threshold than the simple majority of, of those voting at the moment that's that's allowed. Uh, and, and the whole issue, for example, about independent scrutiny of ballots and so on. But the point is that there's a whole suite of mechanisms uh, of that nature that need to be looked at. and. You know, we, we, we I mentioned earlier, too, about maybe there are implications here, uh, not just for the private sector. And I believe there are issues here in the public sector as well, because, for example, the the Code of Practice and Essential Services, we know, you know, has fallen by the wayside in terms of its effective recourse. It seems to, to, to me, at least, that all needs to be uh, strengthened. I mentioned earlier, for example, about the status of pre-entry closed shops, all of that sort of stuff. And and by the way, there's also, you know, this whole issue, too, about, well, what happens if if a trade union loses its mandate uh, and, and, you know, at what point uh, can de-recognition occur? I mean, that's pretty unheard of in in, in our history, by and large, right? Uh, But if we're talking about fundamental changes and depending on how far reform agenda goes. These are the sorts of issues that loom large. And we know there have been problems about some issues about interunion rivalry, uh, even on unionized uh, and unionized employment. And there can also be issues then about, you know, the behavior in particular, for example, of non of some non Congress affiliated unions and so on that have caused caused difficulties over the years. So there's a whole basket of issues there that kind of are 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 in the in the mix, and I suppose what will be very interesting to see is to what extent that the balance of scales in terms of the outcome of the review reflect any or hopefully some of those issues. Kevin, are, are there any wider reforms to the Irish system that you'd like to see? Well, first of all, I think if there's a solution to be found to this problem that's been knocking around, as I said earlier on, for 30 or 40, well, certainly 20 to 30 years uh, in one shape or or, or another. Um, Ideally, uh, it should be agreed between social partners and there's quid pro quos, like in any agreement. And I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, employers saying we're prepared to go down a particular road. If you're going prepared to come down a somewhat different road with us. That's the way things are normally done. So, uh, players are entitled to 
put up the stall, just as, as trade unions are entitled to put up the stall. Um, and there are a whole raft of issues that I think could usefully be looked at. I'm not so sure that the issue is around strikes. Happily, we don't have that many of them. Where they do happen, I never, don't think there's any issue around stri- the, 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 the mandate um, in a ballot. They're usually fairly fairly significant majorities, but we don't have that many of them. I certainly agree that the rules should should apply across the board. I don't think you could have a situation, realistically, where you have one set of rules uh, in one sector and a different set of rules in another. I, 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 I agree with that. But I'd be much more interested in looking at the whole question of um, you know, the, the stability that can be given by collective agreements, whatever form they take or whatever level they're negotiated at. Um, that if if an agreement is concluded, that that's it for its duration, right? Um, and that applies to both sides, right? And applies to everybody. That'll be progress. It, well, I mean, you know, there's, there's yeah. issues like that um, mm. that may well be part of the debate. Mm. I'm not so sure that the terms of reference, I could be wrong on this because I haven't looked at it quite closely enough, but I'm not sure the terms of reference for the Curden Group um, really encompass all of that. But whatever recommendations come out of it, I'm sure will be followed by another debate. Right? Uh, and Perhaps people do start need to think about, look, can we get a settlement here? And what do most people do? What do most industrial relations practitioners do when we're talking about a settlement? Everybody puts the kitchen sink onto the table, right? Uh, and employers have an agenda. Unions have an agenda. And I've no doubt if an agreement is arrived at, which finds its way into legislation, there's going to have to be something in it for everybody. So, you know, I I certainly don't think that people should have a closed mind on the question of looking at the totality of uh, the architecture within which uh, industrial relations is conducted. Thanks, Kevin. And and maybe finally to, to both of you, you know, before we close out, are there any other points or observations either you would like to make on this subject. Pity we're not still in charge. <laughs> I've said that many a time, Kevin. I'm, I'm, I'm not forcing either of you to answer that question, guys. So I say there's something that, that, that needed to be said that yeah. hasn't been said, well, well, that look, was your moment. Yeah, mm. look, the, the, the only thing mm. I will say, though, and, and, and this, is, this is a worry of mine, uh, because, look, we, we're very good at this in this country. Uh, where we keep adding stuff on to what's already there, right, without actually fully understanding the implication of, of doing so. And a little worry I have is that we, we we find ourselves with some sort of, well, I'm just using the term, an add-on solution. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see whether anything further is being said about the design principles under the 2001-2015 mm-hmm. uh, Act. Uh, Kevin mentions some of the issues there, as as I have done, um, uh, and because the the danger is that if 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 it's a if this ends up being a bolt on, where there's more compulsion 
uh, in whatever way uh, on uh, employers. The, the, the 2115 acts are, are left in place and very little is done then around wider reform. Um, I mean, I, I would be worried about that. Uh, and I think w- an add-on solution just won't, won't work here. And the most important thing, I think, from, from my assessment of it is that whatever is arrived at, that, that there is a consensus. Uh, I, I think there will be a job of work uh, satisfying uh, many organisations out there uh, that this, uh, especially those organisations that I've referred uh, to in my uh, few comments this afternoon uh, about uh, assuring them that they you know, don't have much to worry about in all of this. Uh, and as I say, that any changes that are being proposed are evidence based and can carry the support of both sides of industry. I think that's absolutely crucial mm. if there is to be a balanced mm. outcome. But We'll see. Kevin, yeah. no, Kevin I, I, the final I, word to you. Obviously, that's the, the ideal outcome. I think there's a couple of things, though, that you know could be done and, and uh, uh, wouldn't, um, wouldn't represent uh, too radical a, a departure from what we already have. I think uh, if I think the JLC system, right, uh, needs to be looked at again. I think the the notion that you have establishment orders for JLCs across a raft of um, sectors that simply don't meet and don't function. Uh, that shouldn't be so. And I think that, that, that needs to be settled. And that, as I said earlier, brings a huge number of people within the 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 framework of of of, of uh, collective bargaining right? uh, doesn't necessarily mean they're all in unions, but at least it it it, it there's a there's a mechanism there by which uh, they they can have an input if they are members of a trade union. Um, I think the 2015 Act is was useful in its original form. I think it could be made useful again. I think perhaps there was a concern. Uh, to introduce a certain balance in the 2015 amendments, but I'm inclined to think that it is it it, it undermined the original rationale for the for the act. Not everyone will agree with that, Kevin. I'm sure they won't, but I certainly agree <laughs> with it. But um, <laughs> but um, the you know I think that 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 can be looked at and 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 I I think again if we were looking at the different mechanisms and there there can be different mechanisms by which uh, workers can have some say in the conditions under which they work. And, and, you know, if you you take, get the JLC system right, well, there's huge numbers that are already taken care of. Then you've other types and there are different mechanisms for doing that and, and and I don't think we should be thinking in terms of one size fits all that there's a monolith mm-hmm. uh, there and that it has to be uh, following a particular model um, um, and 
I, perhaps and hopefully, because this is the first time this has really been looked at independently, probably since the Commission on, on, on Industrial Relations. And um, hopefully what it'll, it'll do is it'll pr- produce uh, a number of, or a sufficient number of, of, of ideas, uh, which I think could be worked on, as I said, hopefully by consensus. And that's always difficult, but we all know not impossible. But it does require give and take on all sides. On all as, sides. as always. Okay. Um, maybe I'll... I'll try and close out the conversation on that final moment of great consensus. Mm-hmm. I want to say, you know, to both Kevin and Brendan, thank you for a very insightful and for informative discussion. There's no doubt, look, it's a very sensitive topic uh, and perhaps it deserves much more discussion, you know, than we've been able to afford it uh, today. Uh, we've only been able to explore some of the issues involved. Obviously, in Stratus, we're going to continue to monitor this area very closely. uh, And no doubt, we'll return to it as the high-level review group completes its work over the coming months. That concludes the fourth and final episode of our Are We Heading Towards Some Form of Mandatory Union Recognition in Ireland podcast. Special thanks to Brendan McGinty and Kevin Duffy for a fantastic and informative series of podcasts. Don't forget, you can listen back to any and all of the Stratus Insights podcast series. (laughs) 